This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, this is Jeff Fisher. We'll get to the podcast. First, though, what if there was a progressive liberal phone company targeting conservative candidates and organizations? Would you want to switch to a conservative phone company to help fight against their liberal agenda or do nothing and accept that as the cost of owning a phone? Well, now you can take action. That's why Patriot Mobile was created. Patriot Mobile offers nationwide talk, text, and high-speed 4G LTE data and donates up to 5% of your monthly bill to a conservative organization of your choice. You get the same quality service, the latest and greatest phones, along with competitive prices. Go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze or call 877-367-7524. Finally, a mobile phone company that supports the conservative values that you believe in. patriotmobile.com slash blaze or call 877-367-7524. PatriotMobile.com slash blaze. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. That it is, and welcome to the broadcast. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Those of you that uh, hopped on uh, Facebook Live a few minutes ago, welcome to the show, and thanks for watching both. Um, I gave you a tease on Facebook Live saying that I was going to prove to you that Americans are not lazy. Had enough. Had enough. But before we get to that, before we get to that, I wanted to just kind of cover. We've got uh, I've got so many stories today. Again, we'll probably never get to them all, but we're going to try to get to as many as we can so that it gets you through the weekend. My gosh, I mean, it's uh, tomorrow's nine eleven. You're going to be inundated with nine eleven stuff, and we'll. I've got a, a couple of things to uh, uh, add to that uh, inundation. Uh, later on in the show, inundation. I like that word. That's a good Opelka word for you. Um, but we did have, and you know, I'm going to start this off now so that we get it out of the way, get it off our plate, because I, I, I know I'm going to apologize right right off the bat. A little Hillary. We do a little political stuff here. We we'll get it out of get it off the table. Okay, get it off the table, because we had the Hillary coughing fit, which was. Tremendous. Uh, and I say tremendous because, A, what do you think? Maybe we kill the mic. Just, you know, just a thought from me. Hey, you know, just pot it down. Hey, there's a guy running sound, pot it down. Maybe it was a union guy in Ohio that didn't couldn't do it. He couldn't touch it. I know uh, our man Trumpka was there, so it's possible the union guy said, that's not my job. Well, I can't pot that down. Get the other, get the radio engineer in here. So it could have been a union issue. Could have been uh, Hillary, uh, maybe, I don't know, drop the mic down when you're coughing. It's a good rule of thumb. You know, when you're, uh, when you're, uh, when you have a microphone in front of you and you go to cough, I don't know, pull away from the microphone. That's all. Just pull away from the mic. Simple. Two, uh, you know that uh, they just heard from uh, uh, Dingleberry, uh, the vice president running mate, Kane. So he'd already spoke a bunch. 
So he wasn't prepared to come back up there and talk some more, although it would have been a good call on his part to just step up there and say, you know, go ahead, get it out of your system. Let me finish up what I was saying. Something. You know, maybe Hillary would be pissed. Cankles would get all hot and bothered if he did that. They all had uh, throat lozenges. He even put one in his mouth while she was coughing. That's how bad her cough was. Other human beings were putting lozenges in their mouths saying, oh, my God, that's horrible. I've got to put a lozenge in my mouth just in case I start coughing. She had her glass of water there, and she had a lozenge on the podium. Maybe more than one, but she had one that she put in her mouth. Uh, So she was prepared for the possible coughing fit. Right? Um, Not sure what brings it on. She had a great line, prepared in case, look, if you get into a coughing fit and you're on stage, here's a line you can use. Okay? It'll be funny and just get it out. And she got it out poorly, but she did get it out. And she's just not likable. Now, I'm not going to play the whole four or five minute clip. I don't even know if I can take it all, to be honest with you, but I, I just want to I want to point out that I counted the entire time on stage. It was just under 30 coughs. And it might even have been 30 because I counted like some of them. I let some of them go because they weren't full coughs. They were like an extension of the last cough. So let's hear Hillary uh, go into her cough fest and start off the week right. Uh, this is our Labor Day special. Happy, happy Labor Day. See, she's I'm unbelievable. Just not, oh, when one. we were trying to figure out where we could be, we all said, let's go to Cleveland. <laughs> not believable. Not believable at all. And I want to so thank bad. Congresswoman Marsha Fudge for hosting us. Two, three, two, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. I've been talking ten, so. Eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. See, that was kind of. Every attention. time I think about Trump, I get allergic. Every time I think about Trump, I get allergic. I can't take anymore. I just seriously just let it go. Stop. Every time I think about Trump, I get allergic. <laughs> Prepared funny line. Good line. She barely got it out. She's just not good. Just not good. She's under fire. People worried about her health, think she's sick. There's stories abounding about her health. Uh, Any kind of health issues, mental and physical. Emails. Email scandal still ongoing. Clinton Foundation scandal still ongoing. And yet, who do we beat up? What is Aleppo? Gary Johnson. Come on. Now, while I'm not a big fan of Gary Johnson, uh, you know, uh, the douche on MSNBC, what is Aleppo? Aleppo. Um, I don't know. What What are you talking about? Are you kidding? Aleppo. Now, and what is Aleppo? Thank you. Come on. Come on now. I'll give you, you know, I'm not a fan of Gary, and I know that he's, you know, they've even tried to let him get off the hook the next couple days, and he couldn't even do it to himself. He's still throwing himself under the bus. He's just bad, too. 
I mean, the top three. Holy crap. We're in trouble. Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Gary Johnson, and Stein is in trouble, which we'll talk a little bit about later, but she's in trouble from, uh, they've got an arrest warrant for her. I don't know if that will stand or not. So I think it had something to do with the pipeline up in South Dakota, which we'll talk a little, which we'll talk a little bit about there. Amazing. And then we had our president, Barack Obama, in Laos. The first president ever to visit Laos. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. And he was, you know, another tour of the world, espounding how great the United States really is. It's not because that's necessary for development. It's usually because we're being lazy and we're not being as creative as we could be about how to do it in a smarter, sustainable way. All right? Okay. Um, All right. Okay. So, any other countries we haven't called on yet? Hey, Vietnam. Vietnam? Hey, any other countries? We got, we got all the countries around that are our close neighbors right here. Uh, I'm in Laos, but we're going to talk to all the countries. I'm in front of all these countries because we want them all here answering questions, and I want to be sure to tell them how lazy we are in the United States of America. But if that wasn't enough, just the one time, heck, let's do it again. The United It's not because that's necessary for development. It's usually because we're being lazy and we're not being as creative as we could be about how to do it in a smarter, sustainable way. All right? Okay. Uh, That's Um, the same one. He did it again. Is and can be a great force for good in the world. Um, But because we're such a big country, we haven't always had to know about other parts of the world. You know, uh, if you are in Laos, you need to know about uh, Thailand and China and Cambodia because you're a small country and they're right next door and you need to know who they are. They're attacking uh, you all the time. If you, you know, are, those countries. Uh, you know, if you're in the United States, sometimes you can feel lazy and think, you know, we're so big, we don't have to really know anything about other people. And that's part of what I'm trying to change because this is actually the region that's going to grow faster than any place else in the world. Really it has the youngest like population, man. and I, the economy know, is growing enough. faster. Than- he can't leave office soon enough. The sad thing is, he can't leave office soon enough, but who's going to be taking his place? Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Gary Johnson. And what is Aleppo? Jill Stein? No. No. I mean, yes, but no. Just bad. Just bad. I told you, we'll talk a little bit about Donald Trump and his immigration plan coming up in the broadcast. But I told you that I'd prove to you that Americans are not lazy. And I'm sick and tired of being told that Americans are lazy. I'm going to give you an example that proves Americans are not lazy. Okay? This is American ingenuity, capitalism, and freedom. 
all wrapped up into one little story. I want you to meet Monica Riley, 27 years of age. She models on websites for big, beautiful women. And she wants to keep piling on the pounds right up until she's immobile. With the goal of becoming the world's fattest woman. Monica gorges all day, scarfing food cooked by her devoted her devoted boyfriend, Sid Riley. Now, I will say, at one point in my life, I said I wanted to be the fattest man in the world. I said I wanted to be craned out of my home for Christmas. But I never actually, at one point, I stopped myself from doing that. Lost weight and realized, no, I, I can't do that. Monica has gone beyond that line, setting an example to all fat people. Feeder Sid, 25, spends his entire day cooking for his obese girlfriend, feeding her through a funnel, rolling her over when her 91-inch stomach is full. Size 38 Monica will gorge on over 8,000 calories every day and already needs her boyfriend's help to wash herself and move around. The plan? Reach a 1,000 pounds and become immobile. I would feel like a queen, Sid waiting on me hand and foot. He's excited about it, too. It's a sexual fantasy for us, too. We talk about it a lot. He already has to help me get off the sofa, get me out of bed. Heck, if I lay down after a big dinner, he has to help me roll over because my belly is too full for me to roll. (laughs) You know, we're so big. This is America. All right? Capitalism. Freedom. And we are not lazy. Sick of hearing about it. We are not lazy. After she met Sydney online four months ago, Monica gained 56 pounds and started to feel sexier than ever. In a typical day, she'll eat six biscuits, six sausages in a bread roll, a big bowl of sugary cereal, two weight gain shakes, four McChicken sandwiches, four double cheeseburgers, large French fries, 30 chicken nuggets, macaroni and cheese, Taco Bell, and a gallon of ice cream. The bigger I get, the sexier I feel. I love my big soft belly. Stuffing myself with food really turns me on. Sid loves to cook for me and hand feed me, and I've achieved so much since we've been together. He feeds me around the clock, and I never have to get up to do anything. Sid claims that he loves his girlfriend's enormous figure. He claims he'd stop feeding her if she decided she wanted to lose weight. Wait, 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 what? Going to stop feeding her if she wanted to lose weight. Sid, you need to rethink that. This is a misconception about feederism. The immobility is about control. I love her and I love doing things for her. Caring for her is a dream come true. Sid prepares special milkshakes to help Monica gain weight and will feed them to her through a funnel. In fact, 
The funnel feeding is what I really look forward to, said Monica. I find it to be a very sexual experience, and I know Sid likes it too. I have 20,000 online fans, and they love to watch the funnel feeding. It's a big hit. This right here is America at its finest. Okay? The next time you hear our president of the United States tell you that America is lazy, (laughs) you say to yourself, no. What about Monica? Okay? Monica is out there. Proving capitalism works. Proving freedom works. There is one little problem with the story that I have, although you may not. They plan to have a baby, which they will raise from her fat bed. She said, there's nothing to stop me from raising a child from my bedroom. We could get a nanny in to help around the house and take the baby out and about. There's nothing to stop us raising a child. Some people might think it's selfish, but I'm confident we could be good parents. Terry is just one of the people who warned that her eating obsession would kill her, but that hasn't stopped Monica from wanting to gain even more weight. Monica said I could get hit by a car tomorrow and my life would be over. That might not be necessarily true. Uh, if I, At least if I die this way, I will have lived out the life I wanted and fulfilled all my dreams. See? Try doing that in Laos. Try doing that in Vietnam. Try doing that in China. <laughs> I think not. I think not. Monica, on her way to being the fattest woman alive... Cared for by boyfriend, by feeder. I'm sorry, I don't want to call him completely boyfriend. Boyfriend feeder, Sid. Hoping to one day surpass the 91-inch stomach. Hoping to one day continue to be able to gorge on more than just 8,000 calories a day. Tell me. Tell me America is lazy again and I will call you a liar. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, this is Jeff Fisher. Let me tell you about this, and then we'll get to the show, okay? If you're in the market for a new mattress, Casper.com slash Fisher should be the next website you visit. Casper created one perfect mattress that sold directly to you at a shockingly fair price, eliminating the need to endure one of those commissioned salesman mattress stores with inflated prices. Casper shipped for free right to your door, delivered in a sleek, how the heck did it fit in their box? You just let it unfold, and there you have it. One of the most supportive sleep surfaces ever designed, hassle-free. Casper, made in America. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Obsessively engineered with breathable latex and memory foams that are combined for just the right sink and just the right bounce. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free. You don't love it? They'll pick it up, refund you everything. Right now, get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash fisher. Casper.com, promo code FISHER. Terms and conditions apply. Casper.com slash Fisher. 
The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Coming up immediately following this broadcast, the inaugural show, the brand new, the all-knowing, all-seeing, soothsaying Lawrence Jones show, noon to three on the Blaze Radio Network, and then Mike Slater and Joe Pags. And why is Lawrence Jones doing noon to three? <laughs> because Chris Salcedo is doing three to five p.m. Monday through Friday on the Blaze Radio Network. That's right. Doc and Skip, Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Chris Salcedo, Pat and Stu. <laughs> wow. You are welcome. We're giving you the, such great programming on the Blaze Radio Network. There's no need for you to go anywhere else than right here on the Blaze Radio Network. And then when you think to yourself, I know, Jeff, but you didn't even mention Sunday. Well, David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie D., along with some other wraparound programming, some gun talk, some Hollywood 360 to get you through the day. <laughs> wow. Maybe you didn't hear me earlier. You're welcome. Okay? <laughs> I don't know how much more we have to do for you. <laughs> oh, there's a lot more we can do for you. I know that. I'm just kidding. And Mike Opelka was uh, on prior to me. He kicks off our Saturday morning broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. And, of course, you can always go to theblaze.com slash radio. I'm not sure where you're listening from right now. But if you go to theblaze.com slash radio, <laughs> you scroll down, you can pick up podcasts of all the shows. Take us with you wherever you want to go. And there's other podcasts there that don't even make it to the Blaze Radio air. And yet, <laughs> you can download it and listen to them at your little heart's desire. Wow. We give and we give and we give. So much more to get to on the Jeff Fisher program. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Uh... I don't even want to tell you this where we're going. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. I was just trying to uh, find uh, the finishing touch on um, the Dakota Pipeline. So it was, that was, we joked around a little bit about having a, an arrest warrant, but that was Jill Stein's uh, arrest warrant up with the fighting with the Indians uh, for the Dakota Pipeline. And uh, so I... That's not that bad of an arrest warrant to have. I mean, that has gone on and on, and nobody is reporting it. Uh, I was reading some of the tweets from the uh, the locals uh, yesterday, and I was trying to find it here in the break. Um, one of them talked about uh, uh, judge says it's okay to go. What do we have to do? Show you the bodies from the from the burial ground. Uh, so we had they halt. A judge says, wait, uh, no, you got to halt until my Friday, uh, September 9th ruling. Uh, so just chill for a little bit, okay? National Guard was brought in. You know, hey, no problem, <laughs> right? It's just, you know, it's just American Indian land. Don't worry about it. It's okay. 
the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe uh, for the pipeline. So then yesterday, a judge rules, uh, you know what, uh, that can go ahead and keep going. Um, he's going to be allowed to continue building the pipeline according to schedule. I know, look, it's bad. His whole ruling you can find online, his whole ruling is, you know, a bunch of pages of gobbledygook. And it all comes down to, yeah, go ahead, continue. Uh, you know, I know we're bad. I think it might have been Obama that wrote it. Uh, I know we're bad. Uh, it's wonderful. We've had, you know, in the past and all this. But, you know, that keep going. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Amazing. And that's when I was reading some of the tweets about this is going to continue. What do we have to show you? The bodies in the burial grounds. And where are the where's the press? Nobody covering. But right after uh, the judge's ruling, the Department of Justice did step in and say, hey, "You know what? Uh, we're going to back off. You guys need to stop that, and we need to uh, we need to calm that down. So we're not going to not issuing anything more. And uh, the uh, pipeline uh, guys need to uh, uh, back it off. Uh, you guys need to." voluntarily pause all construction activity within 20 miles east. And now there's of the lake. Now they're saying, you know, that if this shuts down, then we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to run out of money and we're going to, uh-huh. Okay. Whatever. I'm sure there'll be more pipelines to be dug. I Look, I'm, look. Do I want the oil coming in? Yeah, of course. We use it. We use the heck out of it. Um, should we be going against the tribal lands and treaties that we made deals with? Uh, no. No, we should not. Uh, no, we should not. Those are deals that we made. And, I, you know, look, we've been so good over the years keeping all of uh, all of our words and treaties that, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe that uh, we would go against those treaties now, isn't it? All right, so for the last couple of weeks, we talked a little bit about Burning Man. Uh, thank God it's over, right? Yes, long gone over. Thank God. Um, however, there was some uh, there was some controversy at this year's Burning Man. And I've also uh, I got a couple of emails from people who have attended Burning Man uh, talking about uh, a little bit of what goes on. On top of which, I got uh, uh, some people sending me some Burning Man memorabilia. I am fired up about that. Looking forward. I will I will Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter out my uh, stash of Burning Man paraphernalia when it comes. Looking forward to that. But what happened this year was the, uh, the utopian vision of peace and love. Uh, no. Uh, the, they carried out a revolution against rich parasites. That's right. So now some of the area is becoming, you know, Burning Man is such a hip, cool thing to be a part of. The uh, the rich are showing up. And they're bringing in their... <laughs> they're bringing in their campers, their rich campers, and putting up fences around their area. And they're having their rich people fun in the middle of Black Rock City. And they're not allowing... Us, the people, into their little party, and we won't 
have it. We won't have it. We can't have it. It goes against everything. Okay. Now, the first camp uh, made an appearance like two or three years ago from some uh, some Russian billionaire and uh, was attacked, flooded it with water, cut the power lines. A very unfortunate and saddening event happened uh, at the White Ocean. Uh, a band of hooligans raided our camp and stole from us, pulled and sliced our electrical lines, leaving us with no refrigeration and wasting our food and glued our trailer doors shut. They vandalized most of our camping infrastructure and dumped 200 gallons of potable water flooding our camp. (laughs) Well, that's only because your little rich guy camp goes against everything that Burning Man stands for, which is why, remember I read you the story of the burner who was so pissed that Burning Man was... uh, Buying land, buying thousands of acres in Nevada and going to have it be a special place to go to. You can't go there right now, though. But it will be in the future uh, for us. and You'll be able to you know, go there in the future. Can we go there now? No. Uh, not right now. Uh, no. And it's not where Black Rock City is. It's over, it's over on the other side there, away from you, Black Rock people. We still have our offices in San Francisco, too. But we did watch the man burn last week, and it was late because of the sandstorm. But the man finally did burn, and then the temple burned on Sunday. It's a weird phenomenon out there. It really is. And part of, you know, the whole openness is part of being the burners, you know, and the burning fun and, you know, the dirt and the, hey, we're going to get high and have sex with everybody. But the whole thing of, you know, most of the time people like the idea of going, oh, look, there's where the big fire is. And they walk over and they hang out with all those people and they party there and everything's cool. And they go back to their area. And then they stop in and stop and talk to other people in certain areas. And while it's not necessarily, you know, hey, I can come into your tent anytime I want. This is, this is Burning Man. It is I can come into your area. It's all one big happy little thing. So that whole my space thing, I think you get that with your tent or your camper. But when you start fencing off, and according to reports that I've gotten, there have been private parties all the time, or at least for many years uh, at Burning Man. Um, Now it's starting to get out of, tell me we're not separating as a country, right? Uh, Between the uh, haves and the have-nots. Instead of the have-nots saying, yeah, that's the, that's the haves over there. They've got it fenced off. They're having their own little private party. But this, we are what Burning Man is about. No. That's not good enough. We have to destroy what they have. That's kind of agonizing. Don't you think? A little? A little? Just a little? Yeah. I think so, too. And it... You know, come on, Burning Man people. I'm sorry. Come on, Burners. What are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. I know. I know you want to party with everybody and you want to have the burns and watch the temple burn and watch the man burn and have your every night little burns and go over and party and be with everybody. I know. I know you want it to be a free thing and you paid to get in just like everybody else. And you're in your little area of the city, 
and it's all cool and you know everybody's cool with each other and just getting dirty and being burners and the whole thing but hey doesn't everybody have that chance and then you have the people from the big city the people from the big city sorry i had to find the story here in my stack of stuff on the floor We have the Labor Day weekend, mass camping out there in Nevada desert, and they come back to the city, New York. And they can't stop their stupid whining. It's hard to hold on to the good energy of Burning Man once I get back into the city. Finding my zen among sunrise meditation sessions, Costumes, commitment to human decency at the annual Anything Goes Burning Man Festival. It's hard. It's hard to get back into the city and keep up with my with my burner lifestyle. They give you water if you're thirsty. They feed you if you're hungry. Some people will dance for 18 straight hours. They do that in New York City now. What are you talking about? You have cars honking at you, subway doors closing at you, and people's motives to serve themselves and not you. It's very harsh. It's very hard to leave Burning Man. So stay out in the desert, Dina. Who'd ever think that joining a self-sufficient outdoor camp using baby wipes as a pseudo-shower for a week and for some taking copious amounts of drugs would be so hard to give up? Who would have thought that? Who would have thunk it? Dina Kaplan from New York. Who'd ever think that joining a self-sufficient outdoor camp using baby whites as a pseudo-shower for a week and for some taking copious amounts of drugs would be so hard to give up dancing for 18 straight hours. You know, a number of New Yorkers dissatisfied with their lives flee westward every year for the week-long festival. Known for its constant hugs and no-money mandate. But upon their return, many are experiencing withdrawal symptoms as the transition proves tough for those who continue to see the mirage of Burning Man, even when back in Manhattan. Now, those are the drugs wearing off, Dina. Once you get yourself clean... You'll be back to New York State of Mind in no time. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Appreciate it. Um, I was uh, perusing some sites and I see come across, what is America's friendliest city? And I think, oh man, the story like that's going to tell me where the what the rudest city is too. So, of course, you know, I have to click on it. So if you had to take a guess right now, I'll give you, I'll give you three guesses. And the first two, you know, maybe count. Uh, what is America's friendliest city? And then I'll give you three guesses on what is America's rudest city. 
So let's see. The friendliest cities, you'd say maybe uh, maybe uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. So a city like that, right? I mean, I don't know where they're at on the list. I just, uh, I'm just guessing. Or you'd say uh, the friendliest city in America. Um, you know, somebody would probably pick, uh, you know, Salt Lake City, Utah, or, you know, Bowman, Montana. No. No. The friendliest city in America, Nashville, Tennessee. When you think of friendly, think of Nashville, Tennessee. Okay? Yeah. Visitors told Travel and Leisure they love the music, the food. Its welcoming atmosphere did not go unnoticed. Nashville locals were eager to share their home with newbies and help city take the top spot. <laughs> yeah. Rudest city. Rudest city in America. Now, of course. I mean, everyone thinks well, it's New York. It's the rudest city in America, right? I mean, New Yorkers probably have that top spot at least, you know, I don't know, every other year, every year. I don't know how many years in, in the past that New York has won the rudest city in America. But it also, a lot of times, New York gets the rudest and the friendliest. They give it to them both. Because, gosh darn it, that's what New York is, right? We're rude, but we're friendly. No. The rudest city taking over the top spot or the bottom, whichever way you want to think about it. The rudest city in America. Yes. Chicago? Nope. Oh, I know what it's going to be. Yes. Yes. It's going to be, uh, you know, like Indi- Indianapolis? No. Detroit? No. Los Angeles? No. The rudest city in America, according to Travel and Leisure, Miami, Florida. Miami. Do you have to say Miami, Florida? No, I don't think so. You say Miami, you automatically know it's in Florida, right? Like when you say Tampa. Is there another Tampa? In America, is there, you say Tampa Bay. It's Florida. You know it's Florida. You don't have to finish it with Florida. Miami bumped off last year's winner, New York City, for the rudest city in America. Congratulations. According to Travel and Leisure magazine, proceed to the beach at your own risk. Yeah, that makes me want to go to Miami. Yeah. According to the leisure, Food and Leisure magazine, Travel and Leisure Locals are tan and toned, (laughs) but they are unwelcoming. (laughs) Congratulations, Miami. Rudest city in America. (laughs) Be proud. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. That it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, at JeffyMRA. We will be doing a special Blaze Facebook Live broadcast uh, coming up. 
uh, at the end of this show because uh, I want you to I want to be able to uh, you know let you see a little bit of behind the scenes of what goes on here at uh, the Jeff Fisher Radio Program and the Blaze Radio Network, and also um, you'll get to watch something special happen that's never happened before. Before, before, before. Something new. Something brave. That's ah, just another guy coming in to do a radio show. But you'll get to see it happen. So look for that. I don't want you, no, I don't want you to stop listening to Blaze Radio. Duh. I want you to listen to Blaze Radio, but just look at your little Facebook feed. All right, on the Blaze Facebook page. And the live video will come up. I'll let you know. I'll say hello to you while you're there. Worry about it. Just kind of a reminding, you know, let you know that it's coming up. So on this network, uh, on another program on this network, we talked a little bit about uh, the heroin epidemic in Ohio. Yes, I know. That was the Pat and Stu show. And it was my story. Uh, it's unbelievable, actually, uh, what's going on in uh, Ohio. Uh, but the heroin laced with uh, carfentanil. A sedative uh, used on large animals. This story from a couple of days ago talks about uh, caused at least eight overdose deaths. Now, I'm the original stories were so much more than that. Um, they in the story, this particular story from uh, Time. They talk about the opioid epidemic spreading across the U.S. and it has hit Ohio particularly hard in recent years. In July, Hamilton County officials issued a warning that the carfentanil had been found in local supplies of heroin after 35 overdoses across the state, including six deaths, were reported in a three-day period. According to Hamilton County Sheriff Jim Neal, uh, local heroin supplies now consist of mostly carfentanil or fentanyl cut with heroin. It's not heroin cut with anything else. It's synthetic opioids cut with heroin. That's amazing. They claim that the carfentanil is a synthetic opioid about 10,000 times more potent than morphine. It, uh, it's often used to knock out large animals such as elephants and not approved for human use. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. And to top that off, police in East Liverpool, Ohio, are trying to get people to wake up a little bit and realize the impact of the heroin and painkiller epidemic. Okay. By sharing uh, a photo. And uh, they shared this photo and people were all upset about this police department sharing the photos. But the story is amazing and I, you can't be upset. I'm sorry. You just can't be. You just can't be. The photo is a four-year-old boy sitting in a vehicle behind a slumped-over adults. Okay? Now, the adults who in the picture, I mean, look, uh, the, at first glance, I thought, holy crap, they're dead. No wonder people are wound up uh, about the pictures that the police are sharing. They're dead. Uh, no, they were just, uh, revived with an overdose antidote. They had both overdosed 
In a Facebook message, East Liverpool police say they were sorry if police were offended or if people were offended, but they want the public to see what happens and they want to be a voice for the child who witnessed the scene. Police say an officer watched the vehicle weave erratically and stop, then approached and noticed signs the driver was impaired. The officer says the driver indicated he was taking his unconscious female passenger to the hospital and then became unresponsive himself. Wow. And the four-year-old boy is in the car seat in the back. Now the paramedics came and revived the pair. So these two people, I'm guessing, are the parents. They're saying that, uh, you know, the way it's worded, I guess they just don't know for sure or didn't know for sure that the female passenger was the mother of the child. But it looks just like, you know, mom and dad and the kid in the back seat and mom and dad are just, uh, you know, got done shooting up. (laughs) Yeah. Hey. Don't worry, we're gonna go to gonna go to Chuck E. Cheese, but Mom and Dad are shooting up first. We can't do Chuck E. Cheese without our heroin. Now there are many people who will say, Jeff, don't have you ever been to Chuck E. Cheese? However, that's not the point of the story, is it? No. The point of the story is they're upset about the police for posting these pictures. And I say no. I say if you pass yourself out. In your automobile, with your child in the car seat, in the back. And it's because you are overdosing or have overdosed from heroin, you deserve your picture. In every damn internet web's picture site across the world. You just do. You just do. So don't be getting all wound up about it. And it's becoming, I mean, Ohio has been struck really hard with the, this epidemic of cutting the heroin. Oh, I'm sorry. The sheriff said the heroin isn't cut with the carfentanil. The carfentanil is cut with the heroin. Okay. Not quite sure why we're making that differential, but we are. So I'd like, I'm going to, I'll look up that more for you. I'll look up that more for you. You can quote me on that. Because I'm not sure why we're making that differential of it's the carfentanil cut with heroin, not heroin cut with the carfentanil. He may just mean that there's more of it. They're using less heroin and more carfentanil, which is why you're getting the overdoses instead of the other way around. It's very possible. This story out of I don't understand. I I truly... I I bring you stories that I joke around about and say, you know, I don't understand. I don't get it. Why does it happen? But I really do. This story, I don't. I'm not quite sure what they're trying to have happen. I get what they did. I'm not sure what they're trying, what the outcome is that they want to have be. I just, a woman and her daughter are facing incest charges after authorities learned the pair were legally married in Oklahoma. However, the mother also had married her son a few years earlier. The motivation behind the March marriage was unclear. No kidding. I don't under... When 43-year-old Patricia Ann Spann and her daughter, 25-year-old Misty Velvet Dawn Spann, 
and her daughter, Misty Velvet Dawn's band, made initial appearances in Stevens County District Court. Under Oklahoma law, marrying a close relative is considered incest, whether or not a sexual relationship exists. Damn you, Oklahoma. Neither women had an attorney listed, no publicly listed phone number, and their home is in Duncan, Oklahoma, about 80 miles southwest of Oklahoma City. According to a police affidavit, officers learned about the marriage late last month amid a child welfare investigation. Patricia Spann told the state child services investigator she'd lost custody of her three children who were adopted by their paternal grandmother. Reunited her daughter two years ago, she said she thought a marriage was okay because her name wasn't on her daughter's birth certificate. Detectives later learned she married her son in 2008. He filed for an annulment 15 months later, citing incest, stating he was married to his birth mother. Police didn't return a message seeking investigation details. Both women were being held on $10,000 bond. So it sounds like, at least in 2008, she married her son under false pretenses, and then he found out, wait, you're my birth mother? I'm out. I'm not sure I understand the motivation behind the mother marrying the daughter. Unless it's just for the name, right? She told child services investigator, and why child services was there? There's got to be a baby, two, probably two or three babies running around. Wouldn't surprise me that Misty Velvet Dawn had a baby or two running around, um, that she writes she was adopted and didn't have the same name on her daughter's birth certificate, so she may have just wanted to have her daughter have her last name. I should be her attorney. Because they're going down for this. Come on. But Oklahoma, man, tough place to live, right? I mean, hello. Marrying a close relative is considered incest. Whether or not a sexual relationship exists, my God. (laughs) How dare you judge me? I just wanted to marry my son. We weren't having sex. How can it be incest? Wow. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. is the Jeff Fisher Show. That it is on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Nice to have you along. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. Or you can just follow along on the Blaze Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA or Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio. Oh, yeah, and Instagram at JeffyMRA. Statement from uh, Jim Gilmore. You may remember... Former governor of Virginia, Jim Gilmore, I I endorsed Jim Gilmore for the president of the United States of America when he was still running. Um, 
as soon as I endorsed him, he immediately dropped out. Very sad news. He posted a letter uh, yesterday saying he wanted to clear up any confusion. I didn't know there was any, but apparently there was. that may exist about my position on the November election. While I hadn't been formally asked to do so, and that's a slap in Jim Gilmore's face. I wanted to make clear that I endorse the Republican nominee, Donald Trump, for the presidency. And I urge every voter in the Commonwealth of Virginia to join me in doing so. Whether or not we agree with Mr. Trump on every issue, it is clear that Hillary Clinton is unfit for the presidency in everywhere. In every way and where. Everywhere and every way. She's definitely unfit. And it goes on and on. And the last sentence is, with my time and my sweet equity, I have endorsed Mr. Trump against Hillary Clinton. And to be clear, and to clear up any confusion, I do so again with the, the statement. I'll be appearing at Liberty Palm Festival in Paris, Virginia, with the next vice president of the United States, Mike Pence, today in support of our Republican ticket. Good for you, Jim. One of the things that uh, has been uh, a mainstay for Donald Trump is his immigration policy, which he has, of course, tried to soften, and which is kind of sad because many of the people against Donald Trump have said that he would do that, he would change, he hasn't kept his word on anything. But he's been pretty strong on it, kept it pretty strong. And this country has a weird situation with immigration uh, brought on from uh, this administration, Barack Obama. I mean, they've deported millions. But they've made it easier for some to get in the country and more difficult for others. You heard uh, Nick Adams on Michael Pelka's show prior to this one. Uh, who is a citizen now who came here from Australia, and he's been you know, on other shows here on the network, fascinating man, uh, how difficult it was for him to become a citizen of the United States and how expensive it was. I have neighbors, uh, one from Mexico and uh, one from Canada, who lived here in the United States and then moved to Europe to work and then wanted to come back to the United States, and they went through huge amounts of paperwork and money and frustrating meetings. I mean, they are hardcore American citizens and pissed at the people who just come in. They want no amnesty. No. They want people to come here if because they had to come here the right way. They want people here the right way. Now, Nick's making a case that it needs to be a little bit easier that right way. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But we still need to have a way, a proper way. But then you have people, say, from a group called United We Dream Act. Ah, United We Dream Act. Doesn't that sound good? United We Dream The advocacy coordinator, Garissa Martinez, was on MSNBC. This was prior to Donald Trump's immigration speech, which he made after going to Mexico. 
She was asked to comment on the Trump immigration plan. It's been clear that what a word that defines Donald Trump is erratic. I think that uh, really? for people like myself that are undocumented and have undocumented family, family members, it's been clear from day one that he wants to enact mass deportation. He wants to deport me and my mother. And that, that is crystal clear for all of us. But this um, in and out and softening or not, it's, it's just erratic behavior and it's concerning, um, concerning to our country. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's concerning uh, to the country's citizens for sure, uh, Ms. Martinez. Uh, I love the fact that we're now just proud, undocumented and proud. I love that. In fact, if you go to their website, undocumented and unafraid is undocumented and unafraid is what's on their website. Uh, she continues. Look, um, you know, I'm grounded in my family and my two U.S. citizen sisters. And for someone to call my mother and my compatriots uh, rapist and promise to take away the birthright citizenship of my sisters, it's it's really difficult to <sighs> believe someone and it, uh, that says anything different. And I, I, I'm not uh, a fool. Immigrants are not fools. Latinos, Americans are not fools. And we know that Donald Trump is, is trying uh-huh. to fool us. And so um, I think Is today... He- is he it's going to be an underlining of his uh, failed policy priorities and an availing of what he, what he truly is? Is a, it's a, someone that believes in mass deportation? So he's trying to fool you, but he believes in mass deportation. And I'm pretty sure that I don't know this to be a fact, I, and I will look it up. But I am pretty sure that he hasn't talked about uh, the uh, anchor babies. He's talked about uh, no more anchor babies. But if you're already uh, an anchor baby, you should be you're pretty good. He may, you know, I have to look that up. But then she was asked about uh, the Obama plan. The one thing that the host did on MSNBC, the Obama plan, that's deported over 2.8 million during his presidency. Uh, She said uh, Donald Trump's way is a threat to our way of life in our communities. Uh, Undocumented and unafraid. Undocumented and unafraid. Well, how about... We're going to break up your family. No, we're not going to break up your family. We are not going to break up your family at all. You have to go back to the country that you came from. If your family, who's here, want to go with you, they can go too. (laughs) It's amazing how that works. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thanks so much for coming along for the ride today. How to live past 100 or to 100. How many of you believe that you can do it? Raise your hands if you think you can. Those of you that are closer to 100 than, let's say, 10, 15, or 20, I'll probably think, you know, 100 doesn't sound bad. It's all relative. 
When you're 20, holy crap, 100. When you're 70, 100 ain't that far off. It looks pretty good. I think I can make it. Well, they've found the secret. So you might you can write it down if you want, or you can you know you may be able to remember what I'm going to tell you. But the secret on how to live a long, happy, healthy life: rampant sex. According to the residents of a town in Italy, one in ten locals live past 100 years old. Scientists spent six months looking into why people living in the tiny community seemed to live so long and how they ended up basically immune to medical conditions like dementia and heart disease. Turns out, a great sex life. Oh, and a good Mediterranean diet based on olive oil, rich in fresh fruit, vegetables, and fish. That's it, though. Forget about that food stuff. It's all about sex. In fact, the mayor last counted 81 of the village's 700 residents are over 100 years old. Are over 100 years old. Which leads us to believe Why sex robots could be the biggest trend in 2016. When you find out that rampant sex is going to make you live to be over 100, (laughs) what's the first thing that comes to your mind? A loving wife? A girlfriend? A human? No. A sex robot. Lonely humans seeking mechanical companions. The biggest trend in 2016, sex robots. And good news, when you find out that rampant sex will have you living to be over 100 years old. Chuck, my man Chuck, Chuck in Florida on the line. Hello, Chuck in Florida. How are you? Greetings from Florida, home of the rudest city in America. What? Thank you. Thank you, in yes, Miami. Yes. What are you? What are you talking no, on? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. What? What kind uh, of speak? It's a Skype connection. Is it good or bad? I mean, it sounds uh, like you're on some kind of big speakerphone, in the middle of a dance hall. Keep... <laughs> Sorry about that. Is this any better? No, but go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, very well then. <laughs> Well, no, that's uh, fine. Yeah. I just it's just a weird I don't know why it sounds like that. I've never heard it sound like that from your Skype connection. We we must investigate. I, maybe it's because I've reorganized my office and there's less crap in here. So uh maybe it's the well, echo put fat. some crap in there. Yeah, we're gonna have to, to, to baffle the room a little bit. Uh, as much as I am baffled every week. As I was getting to the stories of the week <laughs> uh this has been a very interesting Florida week. Uh, if you haven't noticed uh, some of the headlines, uh, the Galaxy 7 exploding in the Jeep, uh, that's, a, that's a top story from the week. Um, another, 
Go ahead. Shall we go into that one first? Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Uh, this is from uh, St. Petersburg, and apparently a, a young couple went shopping, uh, had their kid in the car, was going after some uh, bargains at the local flea markets and, and yard sales, came home to unload their bounty, and uh, as they were getting back in with the kid and the dog to take them to Petco, uh, they discovered their Jeep was on fire. Now, they had left their Galaxy 7 phone charging uh, on the you know, center console there, and it caught on fire, apparently burning up the Jeep completely. Yeah, well, I mean, the phone's been recalled, so, I mean, they should have turned it in. Uh, yeah, but I, I think this was just before the recall. If I looked at the date of the story, I remember seeing that uh, they had already mentioned that uh, somebody in Australia had, like, $1,400 worth of damage done to a room, a hotel room that they left their phone in on the charger, and uh, that they, they just started the ban, like, earlier this week, so... These stories are, are, you know, within a week or so of, of the ban happening. It's pretty scary when you think about it, because now the FAA has completely banned that model phone from any airplane. Well, first of all, no, the, the recall happened uh, late last week. Before was it we late ta- last week? Okay. Yes, it was last week because I remember talking about it. And I also uh, know that um, people should be smart enough to know uh, not to plug it in, and they should have already turned it turned it in. It's been recalled right. because it, the possibility of it catching fire. Here's an idea: don't plug it in. Stop using that phone; it's a bomb. Yeah, I mean, Samsung has already said they're going to they're taking them all back. Uh, that most of them, there were millions of them that hadn't even made it to the shelf yet. That they're just sending back to the shop. Um, Samsung's so, so, not had a very good year for all of this. Uh, I, I heard there was some other, uh, you know, batteries uh, issues with different models. But I don't start bashing Samsung. Now, I'm a Samsung yeah, I, fan. I, 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 get off, get off. I'm a Samsung fan, so don't be start bashing Samsung. I want them as a client. I love Samsung. We, we can we can put a positive spin on this. I'm sure somehow. You know. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and, and, and I guess this is probably my favorite story of the week, Jeffy. You, you, you might find this one uh, somewhat amusing. A husband whose new wife had a one-night stand with a fart stripper gets the shock of his life nine months later. Oh, no. Uh, oh, oh, no. Yeah. She's at her bachelorette <laughs> party, and they, <laughs> they have a, a little person stripper um come out for the bachelorette party uh, and apparently great. after the festivities she had sex with him and uh guess what the child was born nine months later with dwarfism oh and the husband gosh. was uh, a little surprised to say the least <laughs> so i'm <laughs> i'm sure it just happened once i mean it absolutely just happened once and i'm guessing that the <laughs> husband the husband is not a dwarf uh, is not apparently does not have the genes and cannot pass it on. So uh, they're pretty much guaranteeing that this is the uh, the stripper uh, dwarf. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, she had to have at least come out through it with saying, "I've got the gene," and don't tell him I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean... know. I can't imagine. Apparently, they they did this here in Florida somewhere because I got the story in my newsfeed. But they're back in Spain in the hospital when this happened. So. They can't even claim anything that, you know, they, they, it was a one night fling uh, somewhere in Spain. No, no, no. Welcome to Florida. No, yeah. no it was definitely a Florida case. For, I, first of all, you, you, Florida is one of the few places that uh, uh, really enjoys 
the uh, expertise of entertainment from dwarfs. We had the uh, first ever case of dwarf tossing, if you remember that, back in the 90s. I do. As a matter of fact, I do. (laughs) It was a proud moment in the life of Floridians, uh, was the the dwarf tossing. Although I, you know, I'm not really that opposed to it. I, apparently they weren't either because there was a big uprising with the little people saying that they, they wanted to be able to continue the sport because it was one of their primary sources of income and they were yeah, they needed the work exactly they needed the work uh, of course right, there's so- also the case of the Florida man with his uh, Facebook profile picture being his mugshot from the weekly's most wanted photo I, I love that one well, I mean what's put he's got to have a picture right yeah, yeah, it just happens to say wanted for felony warrants of BOP uh, in two counties, case of battery, has his name, age, vital statistics, you know. <laughs> and the Stewart, Florida police uh, officers were right there as Johnny on the spot, you know, they figured out, I think this guy is somebody we need to look into. <laughs> that is, uh, that can't, that he couldn't have done that himself, right? I mean, <clears throat> are we creating? The officer was, it, was, it was the real deal. Facebook is a great way to communicate and connect with old friends and family, Corporal Brian Bossio wrote from the Stewart Police Department's Facebook. If you're wanted by the police, it's probably not a good idea to use the wanted of the week poster of yourself as your profile pic. Yeah, probably not. That's probably a good choice. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, stay away from that. We are getting dumber and dumber. All right, Chuck in Florida, chuckinflorida.com. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Um, Stay weird. Um, he has got to put more bookshelves in his room. Okay. I'm just saying, I know he wants to try to pretend like he's Mr. Clean guy, Mr. Straighten up, Mr. I'm going to take care of stuff, but no, I want crap in that room. Okay. I want crap in that room. I want stuff everywhere from now on. All right. One last story I wanted to tell you about. If you thought that once we have robots, that racism wasn't going to happen, think again, okay? Think again. A beauty contest judged by AI. Guess what the robots, they didn't like dark skin. No. No. Robots created by the white man. The first international beauty contest judged by machines was supposed to use objective factors. Symmetry and wrinkles identify the most attractive contestants. 6,000 people from more than 100 countries submitted photos. The artificial intelligence supported by complex algorithms would determine who their faces most closely resembled human beauty. The creators were dismayed to see there was a glaring factor linking the robots did not like people with dark skin. (laughs) I can't even read this story anymore. I mean, we need to change the algorithms. (laughs) All algorithms matter. Okay? That's all I'm saying. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. That it is. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. So Mercedes-Benz has taken the bull by the horns and transformed a van into a mobile distribution center. Uh, They're teaming up with uh, the drone startup company Matternet, and they've got a concept vision van uh, with the landing and launching pad for two delivery drones, and the drones can carry packages up to 12 miles on a single charge, which is kind of cool. It still needs, you know, people to drive the van. However, one of the things that got me thinking about that is, you know, during the holidays when uh, excess packages are being shipped around, my neighborhood, uh, what UPS does is they have one area, uh, there's a, a storage place, storage unit uh, close to the neighborhood, and they keep um, stuff in there, or they have a trailer, a truck and a trailer that park at a certain place in the neighborhood. And then a golf cart, a person driving a golf cart with a trailer, delivers all these packages throughout the neighborhood, this entire huge neighborhood. Uh, you know, it, it's actually, you know, they would say it's, it's it's five separate neighborhoods, Jeff. It's not just one big neighborhood. Uh-huh. Okay. But this entire housing project that I live in, all right, it would be so much easier uh, to have a little place there and just let the drones do it. Coming to a neighborhood near you. Drones for Christmas, baby. That's what we want. From... The interwebs. My favorite social media posts of this week uh, were brought on. One just caught me by completely by surprise, and it wasn't any of the joke sites. It wasn't any of the news sites. It was just, it was just a poster, a tweeter, a twitterer that uh, I LOL'd, and I've kept it at the bottom of my prep sheet all week because I every time I. I start thinking, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I scroll down and I think, at Amber Tozer, you get mentioned this week no matter what. She tweeted, asked the universe to send a sign if I should move out of L.A. Then I saw a bird attack a lady's head. I was like, I'm never leaving this place. (laughs) That is fantastic. You ask for a sign, you got a sign. That is great. And my second favorite social media comment section of the week was worded to the song, this land is your land, this land is my land, this land ain't your land. I have a shotgun and you don't have one. If you don't get off, I'll blow your head off. This land is private property. Thank you very much. Think about it. Uh, Amber, Amber Tozer, stay in L.A. your entire life. You had the sign given to you. Ask the universe to send a sign if I should move out of L.A. Then I saw a bird attack a lady's head. I was like, I'm never leaving this place. Ask, and you shall receive. Home. Home. Experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. 
set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, welcome to the broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up immediately following this broadcast, the premiere edition of the Lawrence Jones Show. Then Mike Slater, then Joe Pags, all your Saturday, all right here on the Blaze Radio Network, all for your listening pleasure. So thank you so much for coming along for the ride. You know, you can follow us on social media as well. My social media is at JeffyMRA, Twitter, Jeff Fisher Radio, Facebook, at JeffyMRA, Instagram. All right. Today, 9-10-2016. It's almost remarkable that tomorrow will be 9-11-16, 15 years. The 15th anniversary of 9-11. When you hear... Some of the youngsters uh, say that they have no memory or that they were in kindergarten. I mean, that's who the president at the time, George W. Bush, was reading books to when he found out about the news, right, in Sarasota, Florida. Um, and how many of us thought we were doing good by shielding some of our younger children that do remember and would remember by not showing them as much as we probably should have, not talking to them about it. Um, I will say that I am not one of those. Uh, I wanted my younger kids to know. And, you know, it was horrible, but I wanted them to know about it. And I read a story, and I, I had tweeted it yesterday about the falling man, and it brought, you know, right back to the day, and uh, you know what a what a day it was, and what a you know what a time it's been since. I mean, everything changed since nine eleven. Everything. I mean, 9-11 is a defining moment on the planet. Defining moment on the planet. No matter which way you, whether you were happy about it or whether you were upset about it, defining. So when we heard the story earlier this week about the group of Muslims in New York town of, uh, in New York. They were upset about the new 9-11 memorial honoring those who died at the hand of Islamic terrorists. Members of the Islamic Organization of the Southern Tier took issue with the fact that the memorial refers to attackers as Islamic terrorists. The phrase, they believe, encourages hatred toward Muslims. Mm-hmm. It might. 
but we're leaving the we're leaving it the way it is. And it almost seems like it's been 15 years yet it, the wound is still there. The wound is it's still there. Still seeping. We've bandaged it up. We've ripped the old bandages off and put some new ones on. But it's still seeping. Because anyone who tries to joke about it, who tries to latch onto it as an event, uh, other than the defining moment that it was, the terrorist attack that it was, the strike on American land that it was, Anything other than that does not work. Does not work at all. And even when you think to yourself, eh, well, you know, that's fine. It's a free country, right? And he's just making a statement, right, Colin? I get to take a knee anytime I want. I don't have to stand up for the national anthem. Right? He's got a right to do that. It's his right to protest. But when a mattress company in Texas creates an advertisement that ties in with 9-11 and has twin towers of mattresses stacked high and they try to tie it in with that defining moment We are hacked off, more hacked off than ever. And no one wants to say that it's okay. I would just like to say the ad was bad. I'm going to play the audio for you. But the ad itself was just bad. I mean, it was just a YouTube, Facebook commercial trying to hawk mattresses in San Antonio, Texas. I'll play the ad for you, and then I'll tell you about what happened, uh, what the owner of the company had to say and reacted uh, after he found out about the ad that uh, was done without his knowledge. Here's the mattress company ad. What better way to remember 9-11 than with a twin tower sale? Right now, you can get any size mattress for a twin price. Full mattress. Twin price. Queen mattress. Twin price. King mattress. Twin price. Store wide sale all day long. Oh. Oh, my God. oh my God. We'll never forget. Trying to sell mattresses, trying to tie it in with 9-11, and trying to be, you know, trying to be a little bit uh, a sad, too. We'll never forget after they, after she threw her arms up and the two men behind her knocked over the twin towers of mattresses. We'll never forget. This is a bad ad, let alone trying to tie it into 9-11, but it was just a bad ad. Well, the owner of the mattress company apologized for the tasteless advertisement promoting a 9-11 anniversary sale featuring a woman screaming at the two towers of mattresses fall to the ground. You heard it. On Friday, Bonanno announced that the store will be closed indefinitely. 
We will be silent through the 9-11 anniversary to avoid any further distractions from a day of recognition and remembrance for the victims and their families. We take full responsibility for our actions and sincerely regret the hurt and pain caused by this disrespectful advertising campaign. Those employees will be held accountable. Said we'll be delivering a public statement next week to highlight the accountability actions taken within the company. There's very little we can do to take away from the hurt. We can begin with silence through the anniversary and then do our best to follow up with actions that reflect the seriousness of our mistake. Wow. He did not like the ad at all. Now, he also uh, said in a, a statement, all I can say is I'm deeply sorry and on behalf of the entire Miracle Mattress family, I accept responsibility for this thoughtless and crude advertisement. The woman behind the controversial ad was Cherise Bonanno, uh, owner of the San Antonio store. Um, same last name as the head guy. Oh, some kind of relation to this. It was stupid, she said. It was a stupid idea that we sent out. We apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Yeah, I mean, I forgive you. It was a bad ad. Your dad or your uncle or whoever should not let you make commercials anymore, let alone the bad idea of 9-11. Now, too soon again, you've heard about the Coca-Cola Walmart display in the shape of the 9-11 Twin Towers. I thought it was a respectful, I thought the only thing uh, that there shouldn't have been any pricing on it. They had the Twin Towers of Coca-Cola, Coke Zeros, and then the other Coca-Cola products into a a shape of a flag within the display. And then a giant poster hung up above with Coca-Cola and Walmart, uh, we will never forget, with the picture of uh, the skyline of New York with the Twin Towers. That works. I mean, I don't know why everybody's so wound up about it. I mean, I thought it was very respectful. The only thing that wasn't respectful was the for sale sign. The ad week sign. I mean, the sign could have been off to the side, behind it, underneath. I mean, the display really wasn't for people to shop off of that display, which displays were made for people to shop off of. Right? But when you have the big the big displays in the big front lobbies of the stores, while people do take things from those displays, many of them are meant for you to look at and go buy the product. In the, line, in the aisle that they're in, not from the display. You probably didn't know that, did you? Now nah, you just take it from the display. Make the display look like crap. <laughs> that figures. But they've taken it down. They have taken it down, and of course they've said, hey, you know, hey, we, we're sorry. Some things might seem like a good idea, but, you know, just don't end up being good things. In a world they try to succeed, some things are just bad ideas, though, and we decided to take the display down. So there you go. The wound is still seeping for 9-11. So whatever you do to celebrate, to think about 9-11, where you were at, what you were doing, moment of silence tomorrow, it's what's going to happen. Um, one thing that 9-11 did do, 
was, I mean, it changed everything. But for a short period of time, it really brought the country together. And one of the things uh, that I found fascinating was a video on David Barton's website, Wall Builders, that I found fascinating. And I just want you to listen to it and take it for what it is. A Wall Builders David Barton story on 9-11. I heard the explosion in the Pentagon. I watched the smoke going up from the Pentagon. One of my good friends was actually burning in that smoke as part of what occurred that day. Fear was all over the city. It's the only time in my life that I've been in Washington, D.C. and seen the streets look like a ghost town. No one, no cars, no cabs were on the streets. They had military vehicles going up and down the streets, armed, armored vehicles. It was, it was an ominous sight. And then later that day, all of Congress came together. Democrats, Republicans, they walked outside. They stood on the steps of the Capitol, and they sang, God bless America. United, first time in our lifetimes we've really seen Democrats and Republicans come together in such a way. And as you went down the interstate highways, even the highway signs, the highway construction signs, federal signs and state signs were saying, pray for America. In schools, kids were gathering with with teachers and principals having prayer for what had happened and victims of 9-11. Church attendance went through the roof. People looked to God for help. And it stayed that way for a bit. Something from Abraham Lincoln. This is actually one of his proclamations. It's for a day of humiliation and, and prayer. And actually, I want to read you the proclamation out of this work because this is called The Liberator. This is the newspaper by Frederick Douglass, the famous famous civil rights leader. This newspaper is from April the 24th, 1863, and it has Abraham Lincoln's proclamation in it. I want to read to you just a little bit of that proclamation because it's a perfect prayer, and it's a perfect reminder for where we are in America today. Reading from Abraham Lincoln's proclamation, he says, We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven, We've been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We've grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We've forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the infinite power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. That's a good prayer. It's a good reminder. It's a good thing to remember on the 15th anniversary of 9-11. The further we get from that, the more independent and self-sufficient we feel. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show. That it is on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. All right, so coming up uh, in the next half hour, uh, we're going to be talking to Brad Meltzer. We're going to talk a little bit about the 9-11 flag that uh, was missing and that he was hunting for. I think he found it. Uh, but we'll find out uh, if he actually did find it and, uh, you know, if they're going to tell us about it. <laughs> or are we just going to kind of guess? And then he's got a couple of new kids' books out. We've got uh, – I wanted to talk to him a little bit about um, a couple of his books. Um, one, uh, Lucille Ball and uh, Amelia Earhart, both books my daughter loves. And both books have – uh, new kind of stories around them that tie into today. And we'll talk a little, Brad, about that. Now, those of you on the interwebs that have asked me to address something, they wanted to and wanted me to address a segment of the broadcast of the Glenn Beck Radio Program, which I am a part of Monday through Friday on the Blaze Radio Network and syndicated around the country. Uh, that particular segment happens once a week during football season, and it's happened a number of years, and a number of years it hasn't. Uh, this past Friday, which was, oh, yesterday, uh, it did not happen, and it was more on trivia. Uh, while there were a few, and I say uh, few and far between, uh, remarks on the interwebs about uh, good, uh, the overwhelming response was WTF. Where's more on trivia? Uh, my comment to that is you're probably going to have to live with W2TF, uh, where's more on trivia on the Glenn Beck program uh, throughout this year. Uh, we've had some, uh, I can tell you the more on trivia line, which is, uh, you know, we had our owners meeting and we got together and now the players are on strike and we're not, we're not able to do more on trivia now. As the commissioner of Moron Trivia, I can tell you that that is my uh, my statement to the press. Uh, however, um, I'll tell you that it's possible that it starts up this week uh, on uh, the Pat and Stu show. Uh, but as of this year, 2016-2017 uh, season of the National Football League, uh, more on trivia, at least the beginning of the season, will not be on the Glenn Beck radio program. You never know, though. Keep your fingers crossed. Contractual uh, agreements with the more on trivia players and, and uh, owners uh, might come to a pass. And uh, you never know. We might make it by uh, We might make it by the playoffs. You never know, do you? But for right now, WTF, more on trivia. Nothing about that program. I know. Sorry. It's the way it is. Life. Life. Sucks, doesn't it? This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it on the Blaze Radio Network. 
888-900-3393 is the phone number if you wish to participate. Uh, Lawrence Jones is coming up immediately after this broadcast. And then Mike Slater and Joe Paggs, all your Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. One of the things that um, I found fascinating was that uh, it's the 50th, or it was the 50th the other day, this week, they're celebrating, the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Wow. I mean, that's... And that franchise is still booming. And I found it fascinating that it had a tie-in to Lucille Ball. And my daughter has just, uh, while she was reading uh, Brad Meltzer's uh, Lucille Ball book and uh, loving it, uh, she just realized that on Hulu, um, the Lucille Ball television show, I Love Lucy, is on. And she is, uh, you know, in love with I Love Lucy and started watching all the shows. <laughs> Eight billion things on the interwebs and on television. And I've, my nine-year-old is watching I Love Lucy. God bless her. But it was Lucy who financed, uh, through Desilu Productions, uh, the first Star Trek to, you know, make it work. It had been uh, it had been financed for the uh, sp- the first show, and then it, they did. Eh, we don't need we don't need the money, whatever. And their board of directors was saying, uh, "No, Desi Lou, now we don't want to invest in that." And Lucy was like, uh, "Yeah, we're investing in that." Now she looked at it more as a financial. Boon for the company. Uh, she wasn't looking at it as far as, you know, hey, I want to be a Trekkie. Uh, but she, because Desi Lou was looking for their own production and their, some of their own shows and to invest in. And, uh, you know, that was one of them that people were saying, no, you probably don't want to do that. And Lucille Ball was like, oh, yeah, we need to do that. And proven right, she was. And then speaking, uh, you know, I've, I've gone to Lucille Ball in the Brad Meltzer book, but then he had the book uh, Amelia Earhart, which, again, my daughter loves and reads the heck out of. Uh, but a breaking story coming out now, new evidence that uh, they claim that Amelia Earhart actually survived her crash with the new evidence. The new evidence talks about uh, the most likely theory. With evidence emerging that she was making contact for days after her plane disappeared. Really? Uh, believe that she landed her plane uh, safely uh, when she disappeared in 1937 and died as a castaway. Earhart's plane was last seen July 2nd, 1937. Uh, four months after beginning her trip, she found herself in trouble. She was flying uh, 1,230 feet looking uh, for Howland Island southwest of Honolulu, but was low on fuel. It was believed that she was not as close to the island as expected, so she safely landed on another island believed to be uh, Nicomoro, also known as Gardner Island, which is surrounded by a reef and about 400 miles southeast of Howland Island. Uh, at the time the, phone va- or the plane vanished off radar, there were more than 100 radio transmissions from Earhart calling for help. A woman in Melbourne even picked up her frequency. People started hearing radio distress calls from an airplane, and they were verified. 
about six hours after she went missing the very week. An unreadable voice was picked up by a credible radio operator. They recognized her voice. A housewife in Texas was listening on shortwave radio. A short time later, also heard Earhart's pleas. She heard the plane that landed part in water and part on land. The radio operator said she was injured, but not as badly as her navigator, Fred Noonan. She's out there calling for help. He believes Earhart landed safely. Some fuel left in the tank because she wouldn't have been able to work the radio without the engine running. So there's your new evidence on Amelia Earhart. If you really cared. I mean, it's been a long time, and I'm guessing most everyone figured, you know, crashed or, you know, left as a castaway, crashed and died right there in the ocean at the time. Or lived on an island in the middle of the Pacific somewhere forever uh, and died a castaway. Um, Not everybody gets on a raft and floats back to a giant ship and then goes back to FedEx. I know. I know. I know it's strange, but not everyone does. So you just have to live with that from time to time. Also... uh, I wanted to talk a little bit. Don't forget about uh, Brad Meltzer's uh, show tomorrow on history, uh, finding out about the missing flag. He was all uh, pumped out, pumped up about uh, finding that flag. Uh, he talked about it on this very show uh, that uh, they were still looking for it and hoping that they would find it. And uh, apparently it has been found. And so we'll find that out uh, tomorrow on uh, the History Channel with Brad Meltzer and his special on the 9-11 flag. So I'm really looking forward to that, to be honest with you. I was hoping to talk to Brad, but apparently, hey, he's too busy for me. Mr. Big Shot, Mr. I'm, uh, I'm out and about. Uh, can't, uh, can't find time for Jeff. Okay, you know, whatever. I got you. No problem. Did you see the roast, the Rob Lowe roast? Everyone was talking about uh, uh, Ann Coulter and how bad she did at the roast. Right. So, and you know, oh, well, boy, that's a shame. I don't know how I'll live, but my favorite part of that roast, I went back and I started looking at some of the other roasts cause you know, I wanted to see exactly how bad Ann Coulter was. That was the joy of my day a couple of days ago is just seeing how bad Ann Coulter was cause Bad she was. There was no question about that. Uh, bad she was. However, uh, I ended up watching the Jewel portion. I don't I don't know why Jewel was there. Don't ask me. I don't know. Maybe her and Rob. You know, according to Jewel, her and Rob hooked up a long time ago. And if you watch this, watch the segment, you'll understand what I'm talking about. However. Her segment in the Rob Lowe roast was tremendous. Now, I will say, uh, for adults, not for children, okay? If you have a problem with, uh, you know, big guy talk, don't let your children watch it. Uh, Very, very funny. And... Very mean. I mean, there is no, I know what roasts are. I got it. 
I mean, I've been a part of a few. You know, I've written jokes for a few. I understand it. I got it. But there were a couple in there from Jewel that, whoo, she does not like Ann Coulter. And it was made abundantly clear that that was the case. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. And uh, then she sang a little tune to Rob. And it's cute. Ha, ha, ha. But her takedown and her takedown of a few of the other people there were really, really good. So if you have an opportunity, in fact, I may tweet that out at Jeffy MRA. Uh, and uh, <laughs> just remember, you don't want the volume on high if your kids are running around the house, okay? That's all I'm saying. You don't want the volume on high if the kids are out running around. So it's big guy talk. There's a story. I'm going to pick it up off the, sto- off the floor here. There's a story that I have been debating whether to talk about or not. And since Brad, you know, is too good for the show, then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it. It's about the Jacob Wetterling killing. And you ask yourself, I have no idea why this story has fascinated me, but it has. Okay, It is almost, it's over, I, that's all I think about. Besides the, you know, jewel at, uh, you know, roasting at the Rob Lowe roasting. Are we on now? Okay. Uh, just for those of you that are uh, listening uh, now, uh, we'll be doing a Facebook Live uh, on the Blaze Facebook page in mere moments. So uh, get yourself ready. Get yourself a little drink of coffee. Light up a fresh smoke. Sit back. Breathe in. Take it easy. And then you can watch the Facebook Live and you can listen to the broadcast. In fact, maybe we should just, I'll break and we'll come back with that. Okay, because I'm going to tell you about the Jacob Wetterling killing. It's a fascinating story. It's a horrible story. This guy, Danny Heinrich, uh, 53, just pled guilty to one count of receiving child pornography, a crime for which he's going to get 20 years behind bars. They got him for this, but he also told the story of how he killed this Jacob Wetterling. Um, and they didn't get him on that. But it was the only way that they could get him is him admitting to it in court. And how he took this kid and what he did after the fact. And it's been 30 years, 27 years. Uh, And within that amount of time, they thought it was him. And then they didn't think it was him. And then they thought it was, then they thought it was him. And he's a, you know, he's a really weird, he killed the kid and he's really weird. I know, I know, I got it. But. It uh, it's fascinating, and it's also kind of horrific. Uh, and I could go into great detail on how he got the kids. It was a happenstance that he saw Jacob and his two buddies riding their bike to the video store, and so he found a place and waited for them to come back and put a mask on and ran them off the road and took Jacob, and then drove in drove you know. 40 miles away in the country road and, you know, molested him. And then it was by accident that a police car happened to drive down the road, uh, down the country road, and that spooked him. So he felt like 
he was so close that he had to kill him. So he kills the kid. And he just leaves. But then he gets scared after he leaves, so he comes back. And he buries him. And then I, I remember I got I should look into the story exactly how long it was, but then after that he comes back again. And makes two graves. I mean, this kid has suffered. I mean, it's good to be over. The family is happy that it's said and done and over. But I'm going to tweet the story of Jacob Wetterling and uh, just read it. And I just found it fascinating that we still, we have a lot of bad people on the planet. And anytime that we can put bad people behind bars, I'm all for it. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Welcome to the Blaze Facebook Live people, too, as well, uh, as they have you the exciting. I'm telling you, I mean, we're partying here. We've got streamers and balloons going off, and uh, everybody's partying. I hope that someone brought cake, because Lawrence Jones is wandering around here waiting to take over. Uh, you take over in about 11 minutes from now, Lawrence, so until then, get out, okay? Nobody wants you here. You know what? I don't want to be here anyway. Nobody wants you here. Um so stick around for Lawrence. He's coming up immediately after this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Someone on the Blaze Facebook page already said, oh, good, Lawrence, I'll have to, I'll have to download the podcast. Um, you know, you can listen live. Uh, it's an amazing thing. You can listen live and and download the podcast. You can always do that. Just go to theblaze.com slash radio, wherever you're listening to, to us on. Go there and you can download any of the shows. Take us with you your own sweet time. Always have me with you right next to your heart. Okay? Yes. You can always do that. A couple stories I didn't quite get to that I'll, I'll just give you the quick headlines that uh, I wanted to get to today. Thousands of witches are in prison for years in the huge witchcraft prison camps in Ghana. Did you know that? We are all going to hell when these witches get out of these camps because they are pissed and they want out, man. The people in Ghana are like, no, you know, we, we'd like to let them out, but no, no, we don't want to do that. And in good news, which we told you would happen, people are going to run away from the Olympics. And Italy and Rome are now running away. They've got new leadership. The old leadership was all kow- kowtowing, kissing up to the Olympic people, saying, oh, yeah, we want you, we want you. Uh, no. Uh, now they're saying, no, go away, have a nice day. We don't want you. Told you it was going to happen. They're going to have to come up with a with a new plan for the Olympics. Cities are not going to want to play the game. All right, that's it. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. Thank you, Facebook Live. Love you too, uh, Lawrence Jones. Don't forget coming up immediately after this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Anybody at all today told you that you look okay? No, they haven't. Well, you do. Doggone it, you look great. And I mean that. You do. I mean, you know, you're not really going to wear that all day, are you? Because it looks good on you. That's, That's about all I'm saying. 
This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.